0: The show must go on. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with the Practical Parsha podcast. I hope everyone is well. Thank God this week has been a busy week with myself traveling over a thousand miles. And as anyone knows, the most busy time of year for a rabbi is before the high holidays and Passover. And now it's the high holidays. We're closing in on Rosh Hashanah. So it's definitely been busy. But I'm here now on Thursday with another podcast for you. I hope you enjoy. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to send me an email at rabbisheloma.com with a K at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Kisavo. Parsha's Kisavo discusses the special mitzvah of Bikurim, this commandment to bring the first fruits, the first ripened fruit of the seven species that grows In the land of Israel, to tie a red string around it, and bring it to the temple in Jerusalem. The Torah continues with the the commandment for the confession of the tithes, this proclamation that each Jew would make that attested to the fact that they had separated all the tithes properly. Moshe, Moses, continues with his chizuk, his speech to strengthen the Jewish people and commands the elders of the Jewish people to set up these 12 special monuments on the eastern side of the Jordan River, which would be inscribed, the Torah, in 70 languages. And the Parsha concludes with the blessings and curses, the brachos and klolos, that are to be said when the Jewish people enter into the land of Israel on Mount Gerizim and Mount Evel. I wanted to discuss today about this special mitzvah of Bikurim, of the first fruits, to give a little background and to take a few lessons from it. And additionally, I wanted to look at this phenomenon of the blessings and curses, the brachas and the klalos. And maybe we can make a connection between the special mitzvah Bikurim and the brachos and klalos, which are read in this week's parsha. Now, the Torah tells us that were commanded to take a string to wrap it around this first fruit and bring it to the temple. The Torah reads as follows. It will be when you enter the land that Hashem your God gives you as an inheritance and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take of the first of every fruit of the ground that you bring in from your land that Hashem your God gives you and you shall put it in a basket and to go to the place that Hashem your God will choose to make His name rest there. That the commandment is we need to take the First ripened fruit from the seven species that grow in the land of Israel, the owner would wrap a red string around that fruit and bring it to the temple in Jerusalem. The Torah continues, You shall come to him, whoever will be the Kohen in those days, and you shall say to him, I declare today to Hashem your God that I have come to to the land that Hashem swore to our forefathers to give us. The Kohen shall take the basket from your hand and lay it before the altar of Hashem your God. The Torah is telling us here the process that would, be, that would happen when an owner would bring his Bikurim to the Beis HaMikdash. Then you shall call out and say before Hashem your God, And Aramean tried to destroy my forefather. He descended to Egypt and sojourned there a few in number, and then he became a nation, great, strong, and numerous. The Egyptians mistreated us and afflicted us and placed hard work upon us. Then we cried out to Hashem, the God of our forefathers, and Hashem heard our voice and saw our affliction, our travail, and our oppression. Hashem took us out of Egypt with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, with great awesomeness and with signs and with wonders. He brought us to this place and he gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now behold, I have brought the first fruit of the ground that you have given me, O Hashem. And you shall lay it before Hashem your God and you shall prostrate yourself before Hashem your God. You shall be glad with you all the goodness that Hashem your God has given to you and your household and you and the Levite and the proselyte who is in your midst. That when this owner would get there, he would read a special, special verses to proclaim his gratitude to Hashem for all the goodness that he has been given in his life. The sages enumerate in detail the different process and the celebration and pomp that would be enacted for this mitzvah of the first fruits. That when the person, each one of the owners, would be divided up into different groups and a grand procession would take place throughout the land of Israel, going through from town to town, the bikurim, the actual fruits, would be put into gold and silver baskets They would be brought on oxen that were carrying the Bikurim, that they were decorated with branches of olives, uh, wreaths of olives on their head. Music, dancing, would accompany the procession as it would make its way up to Jerusalem. And even as they would enter the city, the Kohanim, the priests, and the Levim, and the people of the city of Jerusalem would come out of the city to greet the the, the, these people who would be bringing this mitzvah to the to the temple. The commentaries explain that this mitzvah, of Bikurim, symbolizes that for a Jew, every accomplishment that he or she has, no matter how much sweat, tears, blood that we put into it, in the end of the day, it's God who gives us that success. It's a recognition that everything we have is from God. And that it's a commitment from ourselves that we realize that all the blessing and abundance and success we have, as much as we think we're involved with it, and we are involved, no matter, still, it's the it's the blessing of Hashem, it's the blessing of God that gives us that success. And that's really what this mitzvah symbolizes. because when a person... He would plant his fruits. He would take care of his field. And you could just imagine the amount of labor, of hard work, of getting up early, staying out late all day in the field. How would you feel for that first fruit that would come out from the tree? Would you feel like, wow, this is my hard work. This is something I did. That's the natural inclination of a person. And you know, when we, even when we make something ourselves, we make uh, some type of homemade food, or we fix something ourselves, we feel very good about it. I know myself, when I'm able to fix something, fix the air conditioner, to do a little handyman repair, do it yourself, DIY, I feel very good about it. Look what I did. That's not the right attitude. We have to know that we have strengths and we have abilities, but end of the day, it was God who gave us that ability. It was Hashem who given us that success. So this farmer who worked so hard in his field, who stayed up late and labored intensely, sweat and blood and everything, and worked so, so hard to have this successful harvest, he now has to take a red ribbon, tie it around his fruit, this first fruit, and bring it to Jerusalem. Bikurim symbolizes this idea that every accomplishment no matter how hard we work on it, is a gift from God. And that is one of our goals as a, as a people and as a nation and as a person. And that's one of the goals of creation, that we should have this realization that everything is from Hashem, our success, our failure. And God willing, when we do that, we're able to focus on what's truly important and have the correct outlook in life. Another point which really struck me about this mitzvah of Bikurim, and I think it's something that we can take an important idea from, is the fact that such a big deal was made about this mitzvah. You know, this mitzvah is elaborated in the Talmud, the, the whole elaborate procession that would be accompanied on the way to Jerusalem. The, the Talmud describes the happiness and the joy that the people would have from this whole procession. And, you know, if you look at this mitzvah, there's a lot of mitzvahs in the Torah. Why is it that the Torah is making such a big deal about this specific mitzvah? What's the whole hullabaloo? What's so special about this? So we have one answer we spoke about before, that it's this idea of accomplishment, that Hashem is giving us as accomplishment. But what is it? Why are we making such a big deal, a big hullabaloo, as they say, about this mitzvah? Let the owner bring it to Jerusalem to the temple and he'll have um, and it'll be offered to Hashem the message will be taken why the whole procession and music and all the decoration and the pomp and the grandeur for this mitzvah that's something this is the question i could you know that was bothering me a little bit and the answer to that i believe is that there's a concept it's important to make a big deal about things that are important in the jewish community Weddings are a big deal. People get married in a hall. They could have two, three, 400 people at a wedding. Sometimes it could be a very big expense on people. And the question has been asked many times, why is it that we make such a big deal about a wedding? Let people get married in their backyard and that's it, 10 people and they get married. They don't need to have a hall and a caterer and a photographer and a this and a that. What's the deal? Why do we need? Make, why do we need to make such a big deal about it? And the answer I believe to that is that since marriage is one of the foundations of Judaism, the, 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 that God willing, this union is going to create a, another link in the chain for future generations. It's a big deal, and in order to and in order to give over that importance, we make a big deal about it. I'm not saying people have to go into debt to make a wedding and obviously, you know, you don't want to go overboard. But the point is that we make a big deal about things that are important. And really for us, talking about the mitzvah of Bikurim, what is important to us? Is it important to us, you know, what we have for supper? Is it important to us what type of car we drive? Or is it important to us the things that are eternal, our mitzvos, our Torah learning? Because if you think about it, you know, Nothing wrong having a car that works and is nice. But is that what our purpose is? Is that something which is eternal? A mitzvah is something which is forever. And therefore, it's real. It's something we need to make a big deal about. If we want to give over to the future generations of where their priorities should be, where their goals should be, what they should strive for, then they're going to follow the things that we make a big deal about. So if we make a big deal about what we eat for supper, or we make a big deal about what we're doing for vacation, so then our children, our friends, our acquaintances, people who look up to us, will follow in our example. That will be important to them. But if we believe that what's important, truly important, is avodah Hashem, service of God, is performance of mitzvot, is learning Torah, and that's what we really want to, to give over into our children, that what people should look up to us for, how we should be remembered, then we ourselves need to make that important. And I believe that's the message of Bikurim. That even something which seems like a, a small mitzvah, something, a fruit, a first fruit, it could theoretically, if you think about it on the outside, just reading the verses, it's something doesn't seem so big. You know, you think of the holidays going to the temple for the for the pilgrimages could be a big deal. You could think about the different mitzvot that we have in the Torah such as blowing shofar or shaking a lulav. Those could be big deals. But the Torah gives us an example of something which could seem small, which could seem insignificant. It's a commandment. And the idea is that we need to make mitzvot important. And because what we make important, what we value, that's who we become. That's what people look to us as. And I believe that's a message from the mitzvah of Bikurim. There's a cryptic statement in the sefer. It says, Do this mitzvah, for by its merit you will enter the land. Referring to the mitzvah of Bikurim, the Sifri is telling us that if we do this commandment of the first fruits we will merit to enter the land of Israel. Now, the question that's raised on this is that if Bikurim is only able to be performed once we are settled in the land of Israel, how could a commandment which we can only perform in the land of Israel help us merit to live in the land of Israel? We're not there yet. The Jewish people were not in the land of Israel right now, and they were not able to perform this special mitzvah of Bikurim. So how could the sifri tell us that by doing the mitzvah we'll merit to enter the land of Israel? And the answer to this question is that the essence of the mitzvah of Bikurim is gratitude. right? We mentioned before how this owner, the first thing, the first instinct that he would have is to eat this fruit that he worked so hard on. And now he takes it and brings it to Hashem and thanks God for all the good that he's given him. It's gratitude. It's hakaras hatov. It's having thanks to Hashem. What the Safri is telling us is that by us acknowledging God's bounty towards us, all the blessing that he has given us, we will merit to enter the land of Israel. And this is really a very important concept to have because as we know... Jewish people are called Jews. Why are we Jewish? It comes from the Hebrew word of Yehudi. And the reason that we are called Yehudim as opposed to Yisraelim, which are Israelites, is because the essence of a Jew is gratitude. Right? Yehudi comes from the Hebrew word of Hoda'ah, which is thanks. That we're always constantly thanking Hashem. We're thanking God. The first words that come out of our mouth in the morning, the first prayer that's instituted by the sages, is Ani. We thank God that he's given us another day to live on this earth. We're always thanking. We need to have gratitude to Hashem. Brought down from the commentaries that a person needs to even have gratitude towards inanimate objects. As we see from Moses, that he didn't hit the water when the Jews were going by the plague of blood, By the plague of frogs, he didn't hit the Nile River because he had hakarasatov. He had a gratitude to the water that saved his life. So we see this as a very important concept that because we are thankful to God for all the good he has given to us, so therefore we merit to have even more blessings in our life. We merit to have the land of Israel. That is the intrinsic lesson of Bikurim. And I believe that this concept... Helps explain why the Parsha of Bikurim, this mitzvah of Bikurim, is in the same Torah portion as the blessings and curses. The blessings and curses, as we said before, are, is the acknowledgement that the Jewish people's success or failure is determined by our collective observance in the mitzvahs and following the Torah. That if we follow the Torah, we will merit all the blessings. But if, God forbid, we don't listen to Hashem, we don't listen to God's Word, then all the curses that are enumerated in this week's Parsha can, God forbid, come upon us. And one of the psukim, one of the verses which are listed here, is a very interesting verse. And I think it can help us understand why these two parshios, these two sections of the Torah are next to each other, because we know nothing Is by coincidence. Everything in the Torah has a reason, every word, every letter. And the Torah says in the curses, Because you did not serve Hashem, your God, amid gladness and goodness of heart when everything was so abundant. That the Torah is telling us that the curses, one of the reasons why the curses come upon the Jewish people is because we didn't serve God with gladness and happiness when we had everything. And it's really interesting because you think about it, because someone wasn't happy when they were serving God, all these curses come upon us. It seems harsh. And the answer to this, I believe, is this idea that we're, we are honing in on when it comes to the mitzvah of Bikurim. That we see from the Sifri and other sources, that when, when the Jewish people have gratitude for all the bounty that Hashem has given us, and they realize that all their blessing comes from Hashem, then it naturally causes us and encourages us to do more for Him. right? When, when you are thankful to someone, you want to do back for them. So we want to do the will of Hashem. We're happy. We realize all the blessing in our lives. And therefore, we merit all the blessings. We merit the land of Israel and everything good. But if, God forbid, we... We don't have that gratitude when things are good for us. We don't realize how good we have it, how much blessing Hashem gives to us in our lives. Then God forbid, then God forbid, we don't get these blessings. Then the curses come, could come upon us. And I believe that's the connection between the mitzvah of bikurim and this, the brachos and the klalos, the blessings and curses. Why they're in the same parsha? Because as they teach us this important lesson. That we need to be thankful to Hashem for all the good that Hashem does for us. And if we think about it, every person, no matter what challenges we have, there is for sure more good than, quote-unquote, not good. And when we realize the blessing that we have in our lives and we thank Hashem for it, so God says, you're thanking me for all the good, I want to give you more good. So God willing, we should take the messages of this week's Parsha, And be grateful for all the blessing and good that Hashem does for us. That's going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at rabbishalom.com with a K at gmail.com. Everyone, have a great day.